welcome everybody to the Third Line podcast for the first one of 2022. Am I getting that right? I believe so, because our emergency podcast was before New Year's Eve. Perfect. There we go. Well, yeah. Welcome, everybody. We are down a couple. Uh, Adam is dealing with some technical issues. Uh, apparently, he dumped something all over his laptop, so good luck to Adam, and hopefully that doesn't fry everything for him. Yeah, Liz knows all about that. Yeah. Mayor, Mayor. get a new one. <laughs> yeah. And Jess is a little under the weather right now, so hopefully she's feeling better. I know that uh, you guys wished me well wishes back uh, a couple episodes ago when I was da- feeling down. So hopefully she has a, a similar scenario where it's just a couple days and she's back up on her feet. So yeah, fingers crossed. She did get a 90% on a test that she didn't think she was going to get a good grade on today. So can't update everyone on that. She got a, didn't she get a 90 a couple of weeks ago on one that she thought she did terrible? <laughs> That's what we're here for. We got you. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we are, I'm excited because we are going to dive into some goalie talk and, you know, me being a goalie, I'm all for it. And yeah, I think this is actually the best week to have just me and Chris again, because we like to talk about goaltenders probably more than anybody else on this podcast. You know what we really should have done? If we're going to do a goalie episode, we really should have tried to get quads on because we all know how much David Quadrelli loves talking goalies. Well, don't worry. This isn't going to be the last one we have. <laughs> <laughs> get ke- get Kevin Woodley as a special guest host and get quads on. He would just, you know, be clawing his eyes out on the other end. But <laughs> he'd just log out. He'd be like, "I'm out. Bye." He's like, "Yeah, thanks for having me on." This isn't for- my show. I'm done. Yeah, three three and a half minutes. That's all you get. But uh, yeah, we just uh, figured it'd be a good time. There's a lot going on in the world of the WHL, and a lot of it is goalie related, especially for. Liz and I's, Liz and I's teams. Mine, me and Liz. I can't speak. Especially for our teams. Our teams. Let's just go with our teams. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and then of course today. I don't know if you've been paying attention to Canuckland, but all day they were talking about where they whether or not Halak should be traded because he's got a performance bonus coming up. So it was just all tw- all my Twitter all day was goalie talk. So yep. it's very fitting. All the goalies. It's okay though. This is good timing. I love it. Yeah, the Winterhawks even posted yesterday that go 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 tier got whatever go tier. I know how to say it. I just don't want to. Like every fiber <laughs> of my being is like, no, we're just not gonna. It just nails on a chalkboard for you. Yeah, it's yeah. painful. He is finally in Portland after a plethora of jokes about him walking from Prince George to Portland. The negative part is that he is on COVID protocol, and I don't know if that's because he crossed the border or if it's just he's sick well i think the restrictions are tougher coming into canada than than vice versa as far as i know i mean i don't know if i don't know if oregon has a different uh rule than washington state but as far as i know it seems like it's more strict coming into canada and that's what i thought too uh which is why i'm pretty sure he's in actually in covid protocol uh because jonas wrongberg who we sent to prince george played for them already yeah, so, I I think Prince George had a little mini outbreak too. Yeah, well they're they're paused right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I saw that the Royals had a couple games against Prince George postponed. I wasn't yeah. sure if that was from Prince George's end or from Victoria's end. So. It might be a little bit of both. I was looking at the list earlier today. Let me see if I can find it again. Yeah, I'm hoping that players who are in protocol right now. 
I'm hoping Victoria can avoid it because they're already l- icing three lines most nights. Yeah, it's that's been rough to watch. Well, I mean, on the plus side, it's making Campbell Arnold and Tyler Palmer look really good because apparently they're able to stand on their head and get 45, 50 saves every night. Yeah, they're being outstanding. Uh, that stresses me out, though, because please do not make your... I, th- I feel like I say this at least every other episode is please do not make your goalies work that hard. No, not not night in and night out. Which is what Victoria has seemingly been doing. But the nice thing about the nice thing about them, though, is they're able to because they've got two basic. Let's call let's call a spade a spade. They've got two starting goalies. So if you have a night where you know Tyler Palmer stands on his bloody head and gets a fifty save shutout, <clears throat> we'll get more into that later. If he needs a night off, you throw Campbell Arnold in there, and he'll get a you know yeah. Why could not he do that when he was in Spokane though? Campbell Arnold or yeah. So I guess technically, uh, fun fact. Do you ha- do you have your list of yeah, players that were on COVID? Say there are seven players in the Royal system who are on COVID protocol right now. None of them are goaltenders. The Royal, sorry? I was I was looking something up. Yeah, for the Royals at the moment, there are seven, seven players. Yes. But you also so, have one, three lower bodies and two upper body. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is when you're playing so shorthanded, it, it's going to wear on you. The Cougars, it looks like... So it, it looks like it's all from the royals because it doesn't look like the cougars actually have anybody on covid protocol anymore okay i do have a weird little tidbit given to me by an quote-unquote anonymous source about (laughs) tyler palmer and camel arnold aka arnold palmer arnold palmer is i'm affectionately calling the tandem excellent goalie duo and also a delicious beverage unless you're jess and then you think it's disgusting (laughs) Jess has a problem with iced tea. So anybody that's listening, if you want to reach out on Twitter, I'm sure she'd love to engage with you on that. Yeah. So fun fact, Tyler Palmer and Campbell Arnold actually met six years ago in a goalie camp in Calgary. So if you do the uh, math there, that would put Tyler Palmer at about 12 years old, I believe. I think he's 18 and I think Campbell Arnold might be 19. So yeah, 12 and 13 years old. They were at a goalie camp in Calgary. And they were actually paired up. So they were a goalie tandem six years ago. Tyler was also drafted by the Spokane Chiefs in the 2018 WHL draft. So I don't think he ever managed to play a game for the Chiefs. And then he re-entered the system and the Royals picked him up. And that just kind of seems like fate had it uh, in in its plans that these two were going to be paired up at some point. And they are utterly dominant right now. And the Royals need it. Two questions. One, how badly do you think someone in the Spokane Chiefs organization is like kicking themselves right now? Being like, we no. lost both of them. Yeah. And two, which one is the iced tea and which one's lemonade? Ooh, good call. You know, oh man. I would say that's a really good question. I'm going to say Tyler Palmer is going to be the lemonade and Camel Arnold will be the iced tea. And my logic behind it is Palmer just seems to have a little bit more, a little more punch, a little more swagger to his game. He kind of seems like he's a little more flamboyant. Like he, he is makes some. No, no, no. Wait, I, no, I, no he, I was going to say, is it bad that I was also going to say he has a little more punch to his game? And then as soon as like my brain thought it, you said it. Perfect. You know, and yeah. this is why our episodes do so well. 
<laughs> no, it's just, you know, he's got a little tang to his game. He makes some saves, you know, that he has no business making and, you know, probably leaves a sour taste in the mouth of his opponents. Eh, see what I did there? <laughs> okay, okay. Campbell Arnold is just steady as a rock back there. And, you know, he's just, everything looks so smooth and he doesn't necessarily have to do as many um, reaction reflex saves as Palmer does. But, you know, they both find a way to make the game look so easy. And even when Palmer is out of position, he'll they save the other day on the breakaway. Oh, man. Insane. Like he makes the first save. Puck squirts out to the side and guy, the guy gets a rebound. And Palmer just dives backwards and just flails all of his limbs. And I think he managed to get a blocker on it. He's finding a way to get it done. And that's what this team needs right now is confidence and all the players have spoken about it too. Like when you can't help, this team is shorthanded in every way, shape or form. And if you can have some confidence back there to know that if you're having an off night defensively and you're letting up 40, 50 shots, you know, whether it's Arnold or Palmer, it doesn't matter. These guys are saving two on ones. They're saving breakaways. So it gives you that chance to take a few extra chances to put a few pucks in the net as opposed to trying to win a one nothing game or whatever. You're able to kind of play back and forth hockey if you need to. So it's super yeah. fun. To, it's super fun to watch these guys right now. And I, I would say Palmer and Arnold obviously winning WHL goalies of the week this week just highlights the year they're having. And, and I not think, to be negative on the rest of the Royals, but like they're carrying this team right now. I mean, like Bailey Peach is is being outstanding. I was gonna say. I was gonna but, say. Do not. There's no but Bailey Peach slander. But what I'm meaning is, they're facing so many shots a night. They have so many like little lapses in front of the net that could very easily become disastrous for the Royals. Like Bailey Peach scoring is great, but if you yeah. only had Bailey Peach and you did not have them in net, if you did not have you know, Campbell Arnold or Tyler Palmer in net, you're not winning those games regardless of what pa Bailey Peach is doing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, there was the one game there against the Giants on, I believe it was the 30th of December, where Bailey Peach, uh, Royals had a 7-3 win. Bailey Peach had seven points, a hat trick and oh, four assists. Absolutely like, incredible, and I hate it so much. That's not going to happen every night. So you can't rely on that. Like you said, it's, they would not. I have not... a question for you. What? That has nothing to do with goaltenders. Uh-oh. What are you going to do if they trade Bailey Peach to a contender at the deadline? Oh, I <laughs> might just boycott the rest of the season. I, uh... <laughs> I had a very bad thought, but I'm not going to put that out there because I don't want it. But like, I'm, I'm going to. I would understand it because they're in a rebuilding mode. And if Bailey Peach, this is a goalie episode, but I'm going to do a little mini tangent here just because Peach is my boy. He uh, he is the reason to watch this team besides the goalie love yeah. as a Royals fan. The reason like Bailey Peach is putting asses in seats right now. He's just he is a reason to go to the games. And anyone in Victoria that's listening, if you haven't been to a game in a while, go watch Bailey Peach. He he plays the game the way you want your star players to play the game. He plays hard-nosed, defensively aggressive on the forecheck. He can hit. He can dangle. He can snipe. He can hit some of his passes. Like, he's passing like Backstrom and sniping like Ovechkin some nights. I mean, high praise. I'm just using them as references, but it's just 
what he's doing out there, he's single-handedly carrying the offense of this team, and it's unheard of. Like Bailey uh, I actually, it's been really hard to motivate myself to get writing, and I haven't written anything for Area 51 yet, but I'm going to get my little fingers moving, and I'm definitely going to be probably doing an article about Bailey Peach in the near future, probably about Tyler Palmer in the near future. I'll probably throw a little Camel Arnold love in there as well, but I'm going to have a humble brag moment here, but I'm also going to, I like, I, I believe in balance. So if I'm going to brag about something, I also need to focus on my shortcomings. So at okay. one point last year, I said Connor Martin was going to be the future of goaltending for this team. I don't know where the hell Camel Arnold, or uh, Connor Martin is anymore. Is, is I, he not with the Giants? He's having uh, a rough time with the Giants right now, I think. I think he was with Spokane for a while, and then I think he went somewhere else, and then I think he went to the Giants. I, I'm not 100% sure. So obviously I was yeah. wrong. Connor, Connor Martin is back from injury for the Vancouver Giants. Okay, well, there you go. So he's with the Giants right now. I was wrong. I I really liked Connor Martin's game last year, and I thought he was going to be the future of goaltending for this team. Totally wrong. <laughs> I also, at the beginning of this year, I believe, said that Braden Sherman was going to lead this team in scoring. In my defense, that was before they picked up Bailey Peach. <laughs> and Sherman's still having a good season. Oh, he's having a great season, but yeah, so it's just... You're not wrong there, it's just Bailey Peach was not in the picture yet. He wasn't in the picture yet, and I would like to say for anyone that has been listening, go back, or for the people that haven't listened, go back a few episodes to the beginning of the WHL season, about the time that Bailey Peach showed up, and you can vouch for this, I was singing the praises of Bailey Peach from the first game that I saw him play as a Royal. And I also was singing the praises of Tyler Palmer. And lo and behold, a few months later, Bailey Peach is the player of the month for the entire WHL. And Tyler Palmer is the goalie of the week. And just going to throw that out there. I mean, I yeah, can't. You're I can't wrong. help it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you're not wrong. You have been like you're the entire reason why I even knew who Bailey Peach was to begin with is I was sitting there being like, OK, you're not talking about a goaltender, so I'm not going to. So that I don't care. Effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and then I all just... of a sudden this kid is like. I mean, he's not even a kid. I don't. I, it's just a reflex at this point to say that. But yeah, that's fair. He he's been outstanding, and the combination of his name, uh, you oh. nonstop singing his praises, and then his performance has made me a fan of his, and it's kind of irritating because I'm like, you're not even in my division. Get out. Yeah, it's just but, he's he's a likable. I mean, yeah, the name. I mean, come on, one of the best names in the league for sure. I mean, I'm definitely getting a peach jersey. But you know, I just I don't understand what happened with this guy because I'm looking at his. I mean, we'll go back to goalies in a second. I just I can't not have a little Bailey Peach session here. This is literally going to be a goalie episode featuring Bailey. Peach. Featuring Bailey Peach. There, there's the name of the of the episode right there. No, goalie episode make featuring that Bailey Peach is going to be here. Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. I will find it's a way to. St- uh, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goalies and peaches. Tea everything's peaches. <laughs> everything's peachy in goalie land. I don't know. It's tea and peaches. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sorry. Arnold Arnold Palmer with peaches. Um, <laughs> okay, but then we're missing my goalie, so never mind. Okay, Sorry, no, go we, ahead. yeah, go we ahead. gotta throw we gotta throw Dante in there too. Um, but yeah, like two more minutes on Peach here. I'm just looking at like the reason he was in the queue with the Sherbrooke Phoenix, and 
two seasons there, 54 games, 52 games, 35 points, 46 points. So under a point per game. And then 2021, he starts with the Sherbrooke Phoenix, five or five games, two assists. That's it. Goes to Charlottetown Islanders, 24 games, 17 points. Again, you know, just over a half a point per game kind of thing, you know, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 points per game. And I believe, if correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he was cut from the Islanders, which is why when the Royals were able to pick him up after being cut, I was like, well, what is this kid going to do if he just got cut from a QMJHL team? Like, is he really going to be a difference maker for us? I was in-house for his first game. And right away, I was just like, there's something. I mean, maybe it's because the other players on the Royals have been you know, they don't have a lot of depth right now. So maybe, you know, he was standing out amongst, you know, maybe not necessarily the brightest gems, but I just saw something and I'm like, this kid has got it. I don't know whether it's the WHL style is just his game or what, but anyways, yeah, we look at uh, his career with the Royals. He's at 30 games now, 20 goals, 24 assists. So he's well, well over a point per game. I mean, 20 goals in 30 games. I mean, what is that? I mean, it's the WHL, so you know it's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, if, like, why QMJHL is not that much of a more competitive league, and he was not able to dominate over there. So, like, does that tell you that maybe the Q is is a lot tougher? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he just found the right... I think maybe he just found the right chemistry here. Maybe the system that the Royals played was better than what Charlottetown was playing. I also think it's a little bit of the the misfits mindset that the the Knights had in their first season in the NHL is just like, okay, you didn't want me. Watch what I'm going to go do for this team now. Yeah, like, a chip on the shoulder. You found that yeah that chip on his shoulder moment where he's just like, okay, we'll screw you then. I'm yeah. going to go have a fantastic season and make you be like, damn it, could have kept him. Yep, and 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 you know what? If if somebody needs a little motivation to to do to go on a run like this if sometimes all you need is you got to find the fuel the fuel for your fire and i mean since i'm just looking here and it's basically since november 20th he had a two-point game before that he was going two three games without a point you know point here point there nothing super crazy something from november 20th on two points one one two 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 one two Three, 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 two, two, seven, two. Like he's consistently getting multiple points per game. I believe he got twenty nine points in the month of December. Yeah, yeah, he did because that's why he got Player of the Month. And I think he... on the tweet it said it, they he matched his jersey number. His jersey which is number, yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, that's you know, little mini peach rant there. I, I can't help it. We're gonna try really hard to get bailey on the pod we're also trying to get campbell arnold or tyler palmer on the pod as well but i was mentioning to someone that the royals have such good chemistry right now and they're on such a roll i don't know if i want to disturb any of that and you know cause a distraction so it's on the back burner for the moment but we're gonna get some of those guys on pretty quick yeah whatever works for them at this point like you know what yeah let the guys keep rolling (laughs) Like, yeah, don't don't want to mess yeah. with the chemistry. If they've got a daily routine of, you know, you know, doing the gym or, you know, doing team activities or whatever, I don't want to mess with whatever their daily routine is right now because it's working. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to goalies. I feel like I've been talking for 15 straight minutes. So why don't you go on a little Dante love rant here? 
I mean, okay, <laughs> you don't have to ask me twice. I was gonna uh, say, I, I don't have to ask <laughs> you to do that. Starting off, like his December was absolutely fantastic, and I and I feel like, you know, we've already talked about it at length today between us, the group chats we're in right before we started recording this, like all of that. But again, he went seven and one in the month of December, had a nine twenty two save percentage, and oh, like a, what did we say? It was like a one point eight. Six. Yep. Goals yeah. One point eight five. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I think it was like. I think. I think it technically rounded up to one point eight seven. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How scandalous. Pretty. Pretty solid. But like he had no backup goaltending the last three games. He has had a half a team in front of him since they got back from the from the holiday break. Um. Why is nobody else talking about him other than me and like the two other people who I've hold down this rabbit hole with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, going to say, you know who you are, is, Yeah, you pretty know. much. Um, the other thing is, for Dante, is it just came at the perfect time, his little hot streak here, because Portland was slipping out of the race. And, you know, just as, you know, Portland and Victoria, we were talking about it a couple episodes ago, that we were kind of both in the bottom of the uh, the league standings. And they were at both at risk of completely falling out of contention for a playoff spot. And then, you know, peach and Arnold and peach and Arnold Palmer, let's just uh, call it what it is. They carried the Royals back and Dante. And I'm sure there's probably a couple forwards that have been helping. I just don't really pay attention to your team. Sorry. I, th- <laughs> but, there has been, like, there definitely has been players, but it, it's been one of those, if you look at it overall, and I'm I'm probably going to piss some people off here, and I'm not really sorry about it, because if you're here, you know that I'm going to talk about Dante. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Newman has been on fire lately. He's been killing it. You know, Cross Hannis is always going to be one of the top guys that you have on your team. Tyson Kozak, Jack O'Brien. Like, you you have those, those names that you know are going to be consistent for your team. Well, you know, they... uh, let's just, I don't know if you managed to talk about this in the last couple episodes, but was Cross Hannis not the one that pulled off the Zegris? <laughs> yes. Uh, so whatever the hell we're calling that goal at this point. Uh, I, I call, you calling it the Zegris. Is... I stick with the Ali because the Zegris just, it, he's not even the one who scored the goal. So like. That. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That, that's fair. But I think it takes more skill to get the puck up on your stick and to fling it over the net than it does to hit the puck out of midair. We've seen players hit the puck out of midair countless times. Yes, and that was my defense for for calling it Zegers to begin with. But it's just one of those like I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I it's a, it's a two person. It's a two. It's a two person goal. So you can't just give it to one guy. I see that. Yeah. So I mean, whatever we're calling it at this point, yes, he and James Stefan both contributed and got that goal in Spokane. I hate for fans that it was on the road and not in Portland, but I yeah. don't really care because they got the goal. So like I don't think anybody's upset about that. Okay, um, side side tangent real quick here. Because this is primarily a goalie episode and we're talking about, you know, super nice goals and Bailey Peach for 45 minutes. If you're a goalie, how do you start like changing your game to stop some of these Michigan goals and some of these alley-oop goals. And like, I don't even know what you can do. I don't know. You're the goalie. <laughs> you I, I, I know. Right. I'm just like the Michigan goal. I mean, the only thing you can do is if a guy goes around the back of the net, instead of like going down, you just have to stay high. But then all they'll do is they'll tuck it down by your feet. Like it's uh, as a goalie. If uh, luckily I play in a beer league where no one has the skill to do this kind of crap. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know what goalies are going to do. They're going to have. I mean, D men are just going to have to lay people out if they come across the the goal line with the puck up on their stick lacrosse style. They're just going to have to start laying people out. Yeah. Oh, but c- can I another side tangent? Did you not notice Bailey Peach got a Michigan goal the other day? I did. I did see that. It was fantastic. Like, he's been on a freaking roll. He all okay. Not only Michigan goal, he juggled the puck like he put it on his stick. And then I, I don't know whether it was like rolling or something, but he bounced it in midair and then tucked it in the top corner. Like it was a Michigan with a little extra flair on it. And I don't know if it was out of necessity or if he was just like showing we off. Need to do another episode just on Bailey Beach. I, I know. I apologize. It's no, I you're good. Because believe me, I, I want to talk about it too. And I hate <laughs> again. I hate that I want to talk about it. This is your fault. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah, we'll call that one like the Peach Bellini episode or something. Ooh, I always have a drink going while we're recording. I could make Peach Bellinis when we're talking Do about it. Bailey Peach. Yeah, there you go. You know what? Hey, I've been getting fancy with my drinks lately. Instead of just having like a whiskey, uh, Cheryl got me a little mixology book. So I've been making like Manhattans and, you know, I tried a Cosmo the other day. A little girly, but very tasty. That's fair. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Um, I found a recipe online for a white Russian with a little bit of a twist to it, and somebody called it a, a Betty White Russian. So a little tribute for the fallen Betty White. Rest in peace. Tragic. Very tragic. But yeah, back on the goalie talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you were saying with the with the standings, Portland's currently in fourth in the Western Conference, and I'm sorry because I know it's probably going to make a lot of people mad, but that is at least 70% Dante Giannese is doing. I'm just honestly saying it how I see yep. it, which take my thoughts as biased as you believe them to be. If he wasn't in that, like, and this again, I'm not meaning anything against Locke and Gordon because I like him too. But if Dante wasn't in net, do I think they would be fourth in the division right now and only five points behind Seattle? No, I don't. Um, yep. What terrifies me is that Kelowna is only... It has the same amount of points, but has two less games played, and mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't really like. But the Winterhawks, when they have a full team again, if they keep Dante as their starter, I'm gonna say it again: keep Dante as their starter. <laughs> that shouldn't be a just, problem for them. Just, just isolate those like four words or so. Yeah, no, five, really, five words. Yeah, I don't care about anything else. Just, just please, please. Yeah. I'm still waiting because of trade probabilities, the likelihood that they're going to keep, you know, Dante and Laughlin while also bringing in Gautier. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Is not promising to me. I do, however, enjoy the fact that all three goaltenders' last names start with a G. Mm. Weirdest fact, but like oddly comforting to me. You have. Uh, Giannuzzi, Gautier, and Gordon. Yeah, Triple G. Like, I don't know why that's <laughs> really nice. Okay, but what are, so is Gordon younger? Like, what what would be the advantage of yes. keeping so, Gordon over Giannuzzi? So the reason that I'm terrified, oh, okay, advantage of keeping Gordon over Giannuzzi, you really want me to be mean right now? Because I, hey, I you, don't want to do hey, that. You insinuated the world's going to trade <laughs> Bailey Peach, so you know what? You can deal with it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> overall, my thoughts and i feel like thank god players are probably never going to listen to this and if you are in any way shape or form related to or friends with lock and gordon i am sorry i don't see a benefit to keeping lock and gordon over dante Giannuzzi if you're pushing for playoffs this season 
which it looks yeah. like they're doing because they went out and acquired Taylor Gautier. But overall for the organization, Lachlan is a year younger than Dante. You know, Dante is turning 20. Yeah, so he's going to be an overager and, you know, you can only have so many of those spots in the WHL. And not only that, but is the haul you would get back for Giannuzzi is probably better. So you could still have a serviceable backup behind Gauthier and bring in more for your future if you did trade Gauthier. And, you know, I don't want to get you all riled up, but I'm just saying my as as a impartial because... I don't necessarily think you're impartial on this topic. I'm not. Um, I, I can no. admit that. I'm not. Yeah. I, I would say I understand the logic of potentially if you have faith in Lachlan Gordon as a backup, then you would bring in more in a trade to get rid of Giannuzzi than you would Gordon. So it would be beneficial for your... Unless you were worried that Gauthier was to go down, if you have more confidence in Giannuzzi as a backup, then well and that's my thing is like i do so i do see it from the rational perspective of you know what you're gonna get a you're gonna get more back my frustration is bringing in gotier it's not at this point i've come to terms with the fact that by january 17th that night i will probably be in absolute shambles i've come to terms with this i hate it with all of my soul but the rational side of my brain is saying he he's gone. They're gonna move him. There are Gauthier small rumors that I know of. Starter. Yeah, there there are rumors that I know of of where Dante may end up sometime soon. I hate it because I don't cover that. You're just division. like you're you're walking around it. Well, I it's it's one of those that's known. I don't know who knows, so I don't want to like. Well, I WHL the one is usually who would be trading for a backup goalie, and you look at teams like Winnipeg. I, I don't know their goalie system. I'm not sure who they have on the back. Loops like they're up at the top. Another team that comes to mind for me that has been a big quiet now is you look at Edmonton and years, and he wasn't even potentially being talked about as a starter. So if Casas fight did something, start in Edmonton's last game, and it was. It was rough, and yeah. I, I mean, whatever. I, I'll say it. The, the rumor that I'm hearing is Edmonton. I love that for Dante for the sake of... I mean, they're going to be a contender. Can't deny yeah. it. No. So that's great for Dante. On the other side of that is that takes away a quality goaltender from the Portland system, and I don't want that either. Well, I mean, if... if and that's not just from, like, a personal level. That's from a... If Portland is planning on going on a deep run this year and actually trying to go all in on it, I don't well, see why you would want, and this again isn't trying to be mean, but I don't see why you'd want Gordon as your backup for that type of push. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to, the next week, I guess 12 days, will be really telling as to where Portland's going. And this is, you know, what we've talked about in our group chat as well is I don't know if the WHL trade deadline is going to be that active, actually, because there are so many teams that, you know, even if you think you're in a certain position, all it takes is, you know, a couple COVID cases and all of a sudden you have to postpone some games and then you might lose some momentum or, you know, you trade like say you're Edmonton and you go on, you're going for a run. So you bring in, you trade a whole bunch of assets to go on a run and then say, you know, knock on wood, the season gets postponed or, or canceled or whatever. And, you know, we, I saw it with the Royals. We brought in, what was his name? Uh, Braden Tracy from the first round pick of Anaheim. And we traded an arm and a leg to bring him in because we were 
looking to be going on a run. And that was the season that got canceled. So it hampered our system immensely. And for what? To go on one run that ended up not happening. So I just, I don't know if this season specifically will be fireworks on deadline day, which I believe is the 17th, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it is. So it's it'll be really interesting. I mean, Portland's next 12 days could decide what they're going to do, but do they take that into consideration and do they bother moving someone, you know? The thing is, what, what I think it's it's going to be, the buyers are going to dictate the market this this year because if you're a seller, why not sell? Like if, if you don't think you're able to go on a run, why not sell? Because if the season gets postponed or something, well, guess what? You weren't going to make the playoffs anyways. It's the buyers that have all the, the risk here this season. And if they are making phone calls on the 17th, then teams are going to listen. But there's not going to be too many sellers that I think are going to be uh, very active. It's going to be buyers that are dictating how the 17th goes so i feel like you know the winterhawks have kind of shown their hand there is that they're going to be buyers because they literally went out and got an overage goaltender yep like well and, and that's the thing Goche's, right yeah goche has been to the world junior camps for canada before and he's he's a high-end goalie and he's been stuck in a prince george system that's unfortunately sort of in a bit of a rebuild at the moment so i think you'll be you and the portland fans will be pleasantly surprised i know he's not your boy but uh i have a feeling go i have no doubt he's going to be fantastic for the organization like i have no doubt he's going to come in and honestly portland fans are going to love him i have never hidden that i am extremely biased for dnudzi like that's that's never been a thing even in my writing i'm like hey by the way (laughs) no for sure i mean hey I think by now everyone can tell that I am extremely biased towards Bailey Peach and Tyler Palmer. Um, we're we're all allowed to have we're allowed to have players where we're wishing for the best for them, and yeah. you know that's the fun thing about covering the junior leagues is you can you know build these relationships and you can see players grow and want to see more and more and hope for the best and hope to hear their name called on NHL draft day and stuff like that. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, admitting that you're really pushing for a certain player to do well. I think that's, that's a good thing. Having passion is, is never a bad thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those moments where like, I'm very torn because for me personally, I don't want genius moved, but also for him, if you know, he goes to a contending team, like I can't be mad about that. Like, if, no. if a team towards the top of the... I mean, and again, it's just a rumor. Please, nobody who listens to this take this to heart because I don't actually know anything. No. But if he did but, go to a team like Edmonton, like, they're second in the league right now. Like No, and, and I don't think anyone will, will fault you or I for even discussing that because if you look at the writing on the wall, there's only three or four teams in the WHL that would probably make a move like that because they're going on a run. And... You know, it could very well be Winnipeg. It could very well be Kamloops. You know, like yeah. these these are the higher end. It could be Everett. I mean, Everett's probably knowing <laughs> Everett. They've Everett, Everett's got fourteen goalies waiting that are all stellar. So <laughs> Everett doesn't like, and I'm sure maybe if we end up having time, we'll get to the Everett goaltenders. But <laughs> I I don't see Everett making a move for a goaltender no. at this point. To be honest, I don't see Everett making a move because uh, once their team starts rolling again, 
they've already shown who the hell's going to stop them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? Well, and then you, you look at, and, and there's not very many teams that are, you know, at the top end of the standings that are looking to upgrade their starter. I mean, you look at Kamloops, they got Dylan Garand. They don't need a, a better starter. Edmonton, if Casa is okay, they don't need a starter. It, it's the backup goalie market that's really going to, and that, you know, brings me back to the Royals. Do you need a 1A and a 1B? You know, if, yeah. if they're in, if they're in rebuilding mode, is there a chance that Arnold or Palmer could get moved? I would hate to see it because I love the chemistry they have. And, you know, the story I said at the beginning of today's episode, you know, they were yeah. destined to be goalie tandem. Right. So send them it, both back to Spokane. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Damn it. But uh, yeah, like uh, I'm really curious too. like you said, the next 12 days will be really telling for Portland and the next 12 days should be pretty telling for Victoria because from the beginning of the year, it looked like Victoria was going to be dead last in the league and very upset about the fact that, uh, is it this year they also don't have a first-round pick? I think that might be the case. I so, so. Because of the Brain Tracy deal, which we already discussed. So the last thing I would want to see is them be last in the league, get first overall, and not have it. Like, that would just be crushing, right? So it's nice to see them going on a run. They're in a position to make a push for the playoffs. I don't think they would be able to get past a Kamloops or maybe even Kelowna, but we've seen them beat Kelowna already. But uh, you never know. Come playoff time, anything can happen. But I would be surprised if the Royals were hardcore buyers despite the run they've gone on because their cupboard is empty. I don't know what they can really offer uh, as a buyer. So I mean, right now, they're sitting pretty safe in eighth in the conference. Yeah. Like, Right now, they're they're sitting pretty like they're five points above Spokane with the same amount of games played. They are yeah. six points above Tri City. Tri City does have a game in hand, but so and then if you look at the division, because the top three from each division make it right. Yeah. So yes, they're in last in the BC division, but they are currently tied with Prince George with two games in hand, and they're only three points back of Vancouver with two games in hand. Yeah. So. You know, catching Kamloops and Kelowna might be tough, but the top three of each division make it. Giants are in third. They're definitely catchable right now. So, yeah, there's there's nothing saying that the Royals, they could be competing for one of the top three in the division, let alone a wild card spot. So it's it'll be interesting. I, I really hope they don't, you know, bet the farm on this year because I think that they've had some great success in chemistry. But I just don't see them getting past the likes of Kelowna or Kamloops or, you know, who else is in our division here? The Everett. I mean, uh, they're in the conference, right? But once once you get to playoffs, you're going to have to see some of these teams. So, I mean, good good luck getting past Everett. Like, I mean, unless you have Dante Giannuzzi, because once again, he's beaten them four times this season. They've played Everett? eight times. Yep. Dante has beat them four yeah, and I like, believe uh, Everett was undefeated when the Royals were the first team to hand them a loss this year. No. Was that not it? No, Dante had beaten them. Oh, okay. I believe well. it may have been first team to beat them in regulation. Oh, okay. My only thing with that is they did have a depleted roster. Yeah. Which, hey, which we, not to take we, away from the Royals, because, I mean, even with a depleted roster, Everett is Everett. And they're, well, oh, and Victoria's, Victoria's had a depleted roster all year, so. Yes. I mean, but yeah, that's that's true. How many times have we seen the Royals icing three forward lines? <laughs> Not to be that person, but also to be that person. Dante's beat them four times with a complete roster, while his team's had a half roster in every situation. 
they're beatable for sure. And, and you know, them in, with the in a shootout twice. Also, well, can we talk know, about his shootout numbers? Like, sorry, not not to keep cutting you off here, but no, no, no. I I talk too much. I know this. Go nuts. He's only been beaten in the first shootout of the year, and that is the only time he's allowed shootout goals. He's nice. been in. I believe he's been in four or five and has only allowed goals in the very first one of the season. That's pretty solid. Yeah. And you know, there's he's 10 for 12 on shootout attempts, like shootout saves. Yeah. And those are crucial points. And it's, yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers here and he's got the first shootout loss was the first game of the year. Yeah. That sucked. I was there for that. It hurt. Yeah. I was in pain. However, Dwayne Jean Jr. Got a goal in that game, in that shootout. And I was very like, yeah, you got a shootout goal, but also, why the hell did you have to get a shootout goal? Hey, can we talk about that dude's flow? Like, good lord. And his entire style. Oh, like... Like... They played... Yes. The the Royals' last game I went to was against Tri-City, and, like, noticeable from 200 feet away. It's like, look oh, yeah. at the locks coming off that guy. Did you see the, the suit he had on after he got his first goal? Like, No. Like, oh my gosh, I have to find this for you out to like pk suban just crazy style oh man but like actually looked good oh okay it'll be really interesting the next two weeks are going to be very telling as to where this league is going and uh, i really hope that nothing impedes the ability for the whl to finish the season because i know mean, we've seen a little bit of stumbles here and there and some postponements and stuff like that, which, you know, that's the other thing is some postponements are going to lead to some pretty hectic schedules coming up. And it'll be interesting to see how teams adapt to those schedules because it might just. Oh, wow. Look at look at the suit. I'm pretty sure my grandma had curtains that look just like that. Oh, my God. Chris. <laughs> Uh, i'm just oh, kidding i'm God. just kidding i uh you know it's some of the kids these days they, they look good when they're all you know done up like that but i just i'm i'm hitting 40 soon so like when i see some of these uh sport coats and stuff i'm just like that just looks like my grandma's curtains but <laughs> i can understand that it's probably a very expensive or a very nice suit i don't really own too many suits so i can't judge but but i'm, I'm sorry he works that better than like like it works at the same time, though, just like every other player you see in the NHL, I don't understand the flashy high-end sport coat, the nice tie, the dress shirt, the belt buckle, the dress pants, and a toque. It just it mm. looks very see, strange to me. I knew you were going to say toque, and the American in me was like, <laughs> beanie. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, hey, Canadian. That'll on. be our next our next argument on the, on the pod. Or on the, oh, the Twitter. do a poll. Is it a toque or a beanie? Hey, I'll do it right now. <laughs> there you go um, but yeah sorry go ahead and finish what you're saying yeah no i, I really want to see the way the rest of the season goes because with the compressed schedule it might favor teams that have got like a 1a 1b goalie situation because if you're playing you know seven games in 10 nights or something because of the way the schedule is you're gonna need to have a backup you can rely on and you're gonna be losing crucial points if you don't so, well, and then not just that, it, you see it right now with the Portland, Tri-City, and like Seattle goaltending situations where the Winterhawks have one healthy goalie, the uh, Tri-City Americans have one healthy goalie, and the, the Seattle Thunderbirds have one healthy goalie. Um, yeah. And I just saw that today because I just noticed that Rats last in, in uh, protocol maybe cut his name out. But yeah, you look at Dante's December, like he played eight games because they were short on the uh, in the crease. And... 
like, can you keep that up? Like, say, uh, I don't know if Portland's had too many games postponed, but, you know. They've had one. But speaking of being unable to keep that up, the reason that that game was postponed was because Nick Avakian was more or less injured in that game and they and their backup some weird combination of he was in covid protocol slash being well he's not actually their backup he's their starter but some weird combination of being in covid protocol slash being suspended for a game so he couldn't have played anyway but then you know Avakian had which can we talk about that like absolute beast of an effort from him like yes the ams lost 9-2 to the winterhawks but holy crap, that kid's staying in net the entire game. Like, <laughs> you know, as uh, <laughs> uh, as someone who has had to physically witness the Tri City Americans come to town multiple times, I try to not really say anything positive about this team because oh you know, I, I, hey, uh, I'm sorry, Jess, but the majority of the games I've been to lately, for whatever reason, just timing have been against the Americans. I'm starting to not like that team. <laughs> see, we're I, having I will... the opposite reaction is we're starting to like them more. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I've watched I've watched some of their games and some of their guys that are just playing dirty and then complaining about like the slightest little call against them. I was just like, uh, I, I will say, you know, joking aside, um, there were some players that stood out to me, like obviously Mark Lejoie, Lejoie. Uh, we had this conversation already, I believe. Yes, we did. Uh, he is. An absolute stud. I, I don't know how he hasn't been talked about more. He's going to go early in the draft this year, I believe. He scored a bar down goal from the blue line that was an absolute laser the last time I saw the Royals play. Parker Bell, super fun to watch that guy. Man. Parker Bell's been Well, see, what's fun is if you had read my latest Area 51 piece. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> uh, we talk about all the players, and they have some phenomenal guys coming up to the system. Yeah. Soon ish, hopefully. Please, please give me more. Yeah. And, and you know also, what? They do have some phenomenal guys in the system, including, I'm sorry, but like, I am hung up on Nickavakian just for the sake of the drive that that kid had to stay in yep. net. Like, I, I want to watch more. I want to see what he does. Yep. I was going to say, and that's, and that's one of those things. Sometimes all it takes is watching one of these guys live. And just an individual effort, like like I said, my first game when I watched Bailey Peach, I, I won't bring him up again for the rest of the episode, I promise. But I just I can relate to seeing one guy that you've never really heard of. And all of a sudden you watch one individual effort. And you're like, I want to see this kid succeed. And, you know, obviously a done that for you. you. You watched him battle through and you're just like, you know what? This kid's got something. He's got some. What's the old man term? Some gumption. But uh <laughs> gumption i don't yeah. know well He's and then that's the thing that was me the first time i watched you nancy and like i'm pretty sure in his first game i hit well actually his first game justin i hadn't even met but i was sitting there and i was like holy shit this goaltender and then he came back up the next season uh while joel hofer was at world juniors and that's when jess and i were talking and i mess messaged her and i'm pretty sure i posted or something and was just like please watch this kid like yeah if the Winterhawks set him down after this, I will be upset. Yeah. And then they kept him. That's and that's awesome. And that's that's all it takes. And you know, for anyone listening, like that's one of the reasons why we do this and we cover the WHL as opposed to the NHL. Everybody's covering the NHL. There is something special about watching 
you know, a 15, 16 year old that is developing and getting better and better and you see the progress and, you know, I've been watching my nephew and he's only six, but you see the progress over the last two, three years, you know, I give him two, three more years before he's better than me. And, you know, like you said, you watch one game with one of these guys when they're a rookie and you just see an effort level or a style of game that really relates to you. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got three, four more years of this guy, you know, potentially playing for your team and you just, you want to see him succeed. And then it's just, it's draft day for me. You know, any, yeah. any, any one of these Royals gets their name called on draft day. When Gannon LaRock got taken by the Sharks, I was so happy for him. And mm -hmm. instantly I was just like analyzing the fit for Gannon LaRock on the Sharks team in a few years. And I'm just like, I think he could make it. I think he could be on this blue line in a couple of years. I mean, you're not wrong about that because especially with the Sharks right now, could be on the yeah. blue line next year. Just kidding. They don't have any cap space to pay him. Yeah, fair, fair enough, because it's all being taken up by, you know, a bunch of overpaid bums. <laughs> a bunch of cooked pickles. And if you're a fan of the San Jose Hockey Now podcast and you've seen me tweet at them, you understand that. Cooked pickles. All right. Cooked pickles. So I do have a rant that I want to go on. And no offense to Unger, but Dante Giannizzi was ripped off. Jeez, <laughs> oh, here we go. And I feel like everyone knew that this was coming. But Dante was ripped off. You know, he, he, we've said it already. He was in eight games, had, you know, a seven and one record. Like, he lost one game in the entire month of December. Like, yes, Unger went five and oh, but he only appeared in five games. Dante was an eight. Dante had a 922 save percentage with a 1.86 or whatever goals against, yep. which his goals against was better than Unger. His uh, save percentage was 0.03 less really close yeah like really it's just one of those i understand you know we we, we did go over it unger had some overtime wins and kind of like bailed his team out of certain situations but like so did Giannuzzi. he also had a shutout on new year's eve which yes it was yeah. 19 save shutout but it's still a shutout well on and new year's eve against your rival when your team is playing like with a half roster in front of you which, I mean, the Royals, like, like you said, the Royals have been doing all season. So there is a case also for Arnold Palmer to also have gotten December. I think the problem with Arnold and Palmer for goalie of the month was that they've been in a, you know, platoon, if that's, if that's the right term, situation where, you know, they're playing half the game. So in the month of December, like I think Palmer played three games arnold played four or something so they're not playing enough i don't think they're both well, playing lights out it's but. like they're both being incredible so but it's one of those like again i go back to giannuzzi had like eight, eight games. games he lost one of them in eight games he had two or three with half a team in front of him no backup goaltender like he didn't have a choice he was playing those games whether or not he felt good was able to like he was playing those games and it's just one of those I'm sitting here being like not trying to take any way anything away from Unger's performance no but what the hell well and you know like I said too like if you're looking at the the standings as well like obviously this is as of today so I'm not sure where it was during the month of December but if you look at today Portland has one, two, three, four teams under them in the standings that are within 10 points. Red Deer 
has zero teams under them within 10 points. The next closest is 11 points away. So yes, a good chunk of those points from Red Deer came from Unger having a decent December, 100%. But so did Giannuzzi. And by the looks of it, Giannuzzi has more teams hot on his tail. So they were more crucial wins for the Winterhawks, I think, than Red Deer. Red Deer's got a comfortable lead over most of the teams behind them. Yeah. And also, can we talk about the fact that he... I have to go back and look at the schedule really fast. But he he was beating teams like Everett. Yeah. Like a like a healthy Everett roster too. And again, yep. not to take anything away from Arnold and Palmer, but they when Everett was up there, they were missing three players and a coach. So we were all back go- when they came back for well, I guess that was New Year's Day, but So let's put it this way. Everett has played thirty three games, they have fifty points. Winnipeg Ice has played 34, 56. Edmonton's played 36 and 51. So Everett has three games in hand over the Oil Kings, and they're only one point back. So arguably, you could say Everett is the second best team in the WHL. And Dante beat them three times in December, well, two times in December and one time in early January, like January 1st. Yeah, and he held them to one goal on December 5th. Yeah. So if you're beating the best Everett roster for one, you're beating you're beating the second best team in the league three times. Let's call it three times in the month of December because January first. I mean, hell, close enough. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think Dante had an amazing month, and I can understand the frustration for him. Luckily, by the sounds of it, he's not super concerned. He's more focused on his game, and he's not going to let it get to him. But oh yeah, like I have, I have no doubt that Dante is going to be just fine, and probably won't even know what the hell like who won what when where how but i do and i'm i'm mad yeah, like that's that's fair and, and i'm happy for unger like good for him like what a confidence boost if if you know he finds out someone tells him he cares but as a portland fan and as a u.s division fan i'm also sitting here like wow the league kind of hates us like okay I don't just want to interrupt not. you again, but I want I want to help your I want to help your case. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I just happened to look. Three of Unger's five wins in December were against the Calgary Hitmen, who are on the lower half of the Eastern Conference. Like they are uh, 500 teams. So um, that that's not really a defense because Dante played Spokane. Uh, like he played Spokane and Tri City, and well, he did. Again, he shut out Seattle. Seattle's the second-ranked team in the division. So, like, he beat the first yeah. and second team in the division three he times. Did play Spoke- he did play Spokane four times, and they're on the bottom half. So that's fair. But yeah. the thing is, I don't think Unger... Unger beat the Broncos, mm. who are not great. Mm. And he also that. beat... And he also beat the Hurricanes, which are also terrible. Yeah. So he didn't beat a single team in December that had a winning record by the looks of it. I well, mean, Calgary, the, Calgary's 13 and 12. And so that's the other thing. It's just one of those, like, again. Whereas Dante beat I, the second best team in the league three times in December. Oh, two times, but. Yeah, well, and yeah, then he so, also beat Seattle. Yeah, which them is. Out. And yep. My thing is just, like, the league has this, and, and this isn't just me saying this. I've seen a few people, uh, like, fairly respected and I, and I know it's still going to get flack because there's still going to be people like oh no they don't they don't have biases uh but what the hell does this league have against the US division there's no like 
it's already so hard to grow the fan base in this division just for the sake of, you know, we are in the U.S. And I'm not going to lie, like, growing junior yeah. hockey in the U.S. is already a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so not highlighting the fact that teams in this division are doing absolutely outstanding. Like, why is Everett, like, never talked about yep. ever? Like, yep, everyone talks about a, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Yeah, you have a very clear, like, hello, the, the Everett Silvertips are absolutely fantastic. Uh, their goaltending system is insane. Like, yeah. Everett cranks out goaltenders right now like no other. And nobody's talking about it. But, you know, you hear nonstop about Winnipeg and Edmonton and how you hear about, like, yeah, you hear about Kamloops. You even hear about, like, you hear about the Calgary Hitmen more than you hear about the Everett Silvertips. Like, yeah. what the hell is going on there? Yeah. It's so, uh, just hockey in Canada is just such a hotbed. And like you said, the league needs to do a better chance. Like, that's the reason why hockey is such a, you know, hotbed. It, it's a big thing in Canada because all of our networks are it's just all over the place. They need to do a better job of advertising and bringing fan bases in in the US, US division and topic for another day I think it's on the same category as women's hockey there's no advertising there's no nothing there's no they don't even put an attempt to put the freaking championships on I, I know you guys probably already talked about this I think last week or something like that but you know it's just certain things that they just they're unwilling to put the effort forward because they don't think that there's a fan base but maybe you could build the fan base by putting the effort forward. Yeah, I mean, how do you get that? And I saw someone talking about how, you know, the World Juniors, nobody cared about that until all of a sudden, like, TSN started putting money into televising it. And then all of a sudden, yeah. World Juniors became this massive, like... Tradition in Canada. Yeah. Like, it's, it just happens to be, like, the way they've scheduled it, it's, like, right after Christmas, so a lot of people have time off work, and it's just turned into a thing where it's, like, it's a Christmas tradition in Canada yeah. now. It's like, oh, everybody's curled around the TV watching World Juniors. But that was an effort from the media companies to turn it into that. Yeah, they put time, effort, and money into it. And I'm not even saying, like, at this point, you don't even need to put the money into it. Just give them some recognition so that people have things to share and talk about. My last thing for that, though, on the topic of Everett's goaltending is I have seen some people on social media... Uh, I'm on multiple teams, like Facebook fan groups, just for the sake of I want to know what y'all want to talk about. And I saw some people being like, what's wrong with Cohen McInnes? Like, uh, the Winterhawks are like destroying him right now, blah, blah, blah. Like, goalies are allowed to have off nights, guys. Like, oh, yeah. Especially when, you know, the league is going through a lot of like COVID protocol and like games being canceled. And like, I know it yep. hasn't hit the, the silver tips really at the moment but like there's a lot going on for these kids they're, they're going back to getting tested more frequently like yeah it's maybe... throwing their routines off and for all you know he's yeah. got family members that are going through some stuff and it's like and you know if the routine gets thrown off goalies are creatures of habit and they need to do the same things i mean i'm i'll, I'll steal a line from michael scott i'm not superstitious but i am a little stitious and there are things <laughs> So there are things where it's like on a game day, I need to do the same thing just to get my head in the right space. And, you know, I can only imagine when you're at the professional level, like you got to have like 
there's probably guys that need to have the same pregame meal and they need to, you know, have a nap at the right time. They need to do this and they need to do that. Well, if you're, you know, having to disrupt that to go get tested or you're having to games that you're preparing for suddenly get postponed because the other team had a COVID outbreak or like, it's just your vibe is off right now. And I think you got to give the kids and I say kids because I'm old enough to be all these guys father. You got to give the kids a break for the last couple of years here. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, like they did lose their defensemen for a couple, like two of their, their top two defensemen in Everett. They lost them for, you know, be albeit a shorter time than was expected, but they, they lost their two best defensemen and a coach. And as a goaltender, and I'm not one, I, could never be one for as much as I talk about goaltenders. Um, I I would rather die than try and be a goaltender because I I couldn't do it. But like you're losing your defenseman, and I feel they, I feel like as a you know goaltender, as from what I've seen, is your defensemen are usually who you have the contact with. They're your you know. I know when I'm playing beer league, there's a couple guys on my team that I'm more comfortable when they're on the ice because I know what they're gonna do. They're predictable. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to watch their side of the ice as closely because I know the way they're going to defend against a rush or something like that. So, you know, if you're dealing with some new faces or, you know, a deep pair that hasn't played together very often and they're trying to find their own chemistry, it 100% affects you as a goalie because instead of just watching the play that the other team is trying to do, you also are trying to be cognizant of where your players are, especially if you're trying to like deflect pucks into the corner so that your own D man can get it and stuff like that. If you know that he's going to be there, you can deflect a puck to a certain spot on the ice, knowing that your D man will clear it out where, you know, if, if you got a new guy, you haven't played with much, or there's two D men on a pair that are just finding their own chemistry. It can be a complete clusterfuck in a hurry for sure. I'm saying it's so like, you know what they, you know, uh, Cohen and Braden lost their, their defensemen. Yes, they have them back, but now they're transitioning to getting used to having them back. There's nothing wrong with your goaltending tandem. Any team in this league would be jealous to have them. Uh, yeah. So you know what? As fans, please stop being negative about your goaltenders. Uh, there's also people in the Winterhawks fans who have been down on Dante, and same to them. I invite any one of these people like I don't get into the fan group pages because I I can't stand that kind of negativity in my life. And I know that I, I try really hard to bite my tongue and there are times where I just wouldn't be able to and things would get nasty really fast. So I don't even bother engaging in that way for the most part. I will engage with fans that are respectful, but anyone that is you know, going on a tirade about how poorly a goalie is playing in the junior leagues, I invite them to strap the pads on for a game and let's just see you go in there and see how well you do with guys that are taking, you know, 90 mile an hour slap shots at your head. And you know what? Yes, these guys are trained, no doubt, but everyone's allowed to have an off day. And as uh, as a goal, as a goalie, there are so many people that, you know, they, they chuck you a little bit of shit if you have an off game. And I'm just like, cool, here's my gear. Put it on. Show me how it's done. And everyone's like, no, I don't want to do that. And that's one of those reasons I think that I'm such like a goalie fan is because like I have the opposite reaction of like when people are talking about goaltenders of like, 
oh man, they're playing like trash right now. I'm like, my brain goes, I could never do that in my wildest dreams. So I'm not going to get mad when a guy has an off night. Like, yes, I might occasionally pitch in with the like, oh, wow, that he let in a soft one. Like, oh, he should have probably had that. But goalies are also their own worst critics. Yeah, like everything I've seen from any goaltender has been like, they know, they're aware. I don't need to point it out for them. Like skaters, I feel like occasionally because they can't necessarily see everything around them at all times. Like, yeah, yeah, they can have some stuff pointed out to them and they're like, oh, man, yeah, I missed that. Goaltenders, no. Well, and a forward or a D sometimes will be like, oh, well, you know, the D man will say, well, you know, the forward wasn't in position for me to get the outlet pass or, you know, like not all the time. I'm I'm generalizing, (laughs) but I would say that the mentality of a goalie, at least as as the way I think, I am way faster to own it myself. If I let in a softy, I am almost never going to say, well, hey, my D man screwed that up. No. No, because guess what? I'm the last line of defense. My D-man could trip over the blue line and allow a breakaway. And guess what? I'm still there and I'm supposed to do my job. Yeah. I mean, so okay, and this is going to sound bad, but like, because I was listening to the Everett feed uh, for the last game they played, and I, I did hear Casey mention like, oh, Giannuzzi gives up a lot of rebounds. Like, oh, so, you know, he has to look out for that. And I'm like, believe me, he knows. I've done two one-on-one interviews with him and both times when i've been like oh what did you work on in the off season it's been uh my rebounds i know it's an issue and i'm working on it and at that point like you can't be like oh well he needs to work on it harder like believe me if he could work on it harder he would be yeah you can't you can't change a goalie style overnight it does not work because you will 100% get way worse if you try to change too much too fast because you start overthinking everything. You have to change little things technically. Like you have to change a technical aspect of your game little bits at a time because otherwise it's going to be noticeably different and you're going to start letting in seven or eight goals a night while you're trying to figure out what you're doing. And it's a dangerous game. You need to, you know, work on your rebounds with your blocker and focus on that for a good chunk of your season and then work on, you know, lower half rebounds, you know, things like that. Like you can't change it all at once. It doesn't work. I have a closing remark and that's going to be the last thing that I have to say on this. And it's kind of just like a funny one. It's not like an actual, like, Hey, I have a thought. If Dante Dionisi ever is listening to this in the next like mm-hmm. week, dude, where are the new pads? They look good. Mm-hmm. I want to see them on the ice. I've seen the pictures, but like, I want to see them on the ice. Come on, bud. Yeah, you know, Palmer just got a new set that finally matched the Royals colors. Uh, I forget which team he was playing for. It was some like Alberta junior team before the Royals got him, I think. And they were like black and yellow or something. Yeah, Yeah, he he had a full set of like navy blue and yellow or something for the first. Like He just started wearing the Royal blue, I think, two or three games ago. And uh it kind of looks like it's working for him, so... Yeah, good yeah. plan. I actually think that might be why he hasn't switched over, is because he's been on a tear right now, and so, like, why change it? Hey, goal- goalies are, you know, if they're not superstitious, they're a little stitious, and uh, your your gear is a huge part of that. I love that you keep using that, because I know Dante likes uh, The Office. Hey, uh, it's <laughs> it's my favorite show, and, you know... At one point today, I even pulled out the you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take 
yes. quoted by Michael Scott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was hilarious. Yeah, for anyone that has stuck through for however long this is after editing, feel free to check out Area 51 Sportsnet. There's a lot of us that are, I say us, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of really good articles right now. Hopefully I'll be one of them soon. Liz is one of them. Adam's made the jump over. Jess and Liz just co-wrote an article that uh, I've heard is quite good. And yeah, so check all that stuff out. Best sentence I've ever read in my entire life in it. That was pure, pure poetry. It was beautiful. Yeah, so feel free to check all that stuff out. Keep an eye out in the future. Like I said, we're going to try and get Peach and Palmer and uh, hell, maybe Arnold on. Maybe we'll get Arnold and Palmer on the same episode and we'll do a full uh, Arnie Arnie Palmy uh, alert. And and, we'll follow uh, it up with the Dante episode. There you go. We just got to get... Dante on on board, and then you could talk to him about his new gear. For Adam, hopefully your laptop's okay. For Jess, hopefully your immune system is okay, and hopefully the rest of your family is doing better. For Liz and myself, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you all next week. And thank you once again for listening to this week's episode of the Third Line Podcast here on the Area 51 Sports Network. Make sure to head over to area51sportsnetwork.com to check out the variety of shows that we have here on the network. Whether you're a basketball fan, soccer fan, hockey fan, or are looking for some betting advice or into some esports, the network has it all on area51sportsnetwork.com. Also, make sure to check out some of our sponsors on the website, whether that be Dr. Squatch, uh, Soap Co., Monkey Knife Fight, Habson, bet99.com or high stick vodka all of our sponsors are great they help us so make sure that you support them as well lastly when you are on the area 51 sports network.com page make sure to head over to the whl tab over on the whl tab you can read some of the newest articles from members of the third line podcast as well as other writers who are covering the whl's bc division as well as the u.s division Thank you once again for listening, and we hope that you tune in again for another episode of the Third Line Podcast.